Welcome back, guys. It is Kibbs from the Brothers Geek Out podcast. I hope you guys have all been well and safe. And again, as always, massive thank you for the support on the channels and listen to the podcast. Uh, I've recently seen that we have a spike in Spain. So, guys, massive thank you for listening in on that side of the world. It's absolutely amazing to see the podcast reach out more. But, guys, I want to like do a big kind of intro uh, for, for somebody that's coming on today. And I want to say a massive thank you to Vincent Jerome coming on today. Thank you, bro. Ah, so good, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. No, you, you're absolutely welcome. You're absolutely. I love when people like what I what I try and do on the podcast as well. And, and it's all about connecting as well. Uh, when we started this podcast, it was because I was losing contact with my brother who lived abroad. Mm. Distance always caused that separation. And then, you know, you're calling somebody every three days to once a week to two months. And then uh we use this platform to end up connecting with each other on a weekly basis. And then in the process, I get to geek out with other guests that come on and end up making new friends along the journey, which is absolutely amazing. So uh, I know your work from Rob and I know that you were in Crime Alley, uh, but I wanted to talk more about your journey as an actor in this industry. And, uh, and you've done some amazing things already and you're currently working on some amazing things. But just like, how was that for you when you first clicked to say, I want to do this? Well, my that's the thing. My journey, okay, there's the long version and there's the short version. <laughs> uh, the, the Okay, so I'll do, I'll do the medium version. Okay, mm-hmm. so basically when I was, um, I was always a big film person as a kid. I was just, I used to watch films religiously. I used to, there's even certain films now, if you put it on right now, I'd be able to, to literally tell, do all the lines. Um, uh, Batman Forever is one of them. Uh, <laughs> just there's loads of them, like nineteen nineties <laughs> yeah. uh, Ninja Turtle movie. There's loads of them where it's just like if you put it on now, I could just riff it off. You know what I mean? Um, so I was always a big fan of that. And then um, I, I, I watched a lot of TV as a kid as well, and I became a massive fan of The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Mm. And then from the age of like nine to i don't know maybe even now it's just like definitely through my teens i wanted to be will smith mm. that was it but the thing is my young mind that not having anyone that i knew in the industry i didn't know what being will smith was i was just watching it i was like i wanted i want so i'm in my head i was just i want to be will smith mm. long, uh, long story short after a little uh <laughs> after a little dalliance with hip-hop when i was a kid um <laughs> I was able to do drama for the first time in my A doing my A levels in college, and um, I did it for the two years. And my teacher, whose name is Dan, who I I can't remember his second name, so I can't find him now. Um, I'm going I'm going to, but it's hmm. it's uh, yeah. Anyway, let me hurry this up. Um, we were going to you. We were gonna. We were leaving at that point, and he kind of pulled me to the side. And he was like, "Are you applying for drama school?" And I was like, "No," because one, uh, I was completely ignorant. I didn't know anything about drama schools. I just assumed they were for rich people. Uh, mm. I didn't know about grants and loans and bursaries and all those kind of things. Um, and I didn't have a computer at that time, so I couldn't look it up. Um, so I just, yeah, I was completely ignorant to it. And 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 then he gave me the talk that changed my life. And he was basically just sat me down and was like, yo, I think you're good. I think you got something. And um, 
that kind of he in a weird way he empowered me to 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 be like oh, okay right well this is it and so long story short I the course I was doing at uni I did for about a month maybe two max and then I dropped out and then I went to university and studied performing arts and um for three years at London Metropolitan University and I always shout them out because a lot of people do go the traditional drama school route um but that's not always that's not always the way to do it um I think education is very important but there are there are different ways of doing it, and sometimes people are a bit rigid. And anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> it's so, all yeah, right, dude. Then, take your time. No rush. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a. Uh, and then I as soon as, when I came out of uh, uni, I wanted to hit the ground running, so I just started applying for jobs, and I did a lot of theatre for a while um, until I kind of had this moment where I was like, "Yo, why did you get into this in the first place?" Hmm. It's like an epiphany moment. It's like, "Oh, because you wanted to do film and TV." And it took me really, really long time to realize that actually what being Will Smith was, was being an actor. Do you know what I mean? So, mm. yeah, that's that's the that's the medium version of the story. Not the long, <laughs> not the short. Medium. Bless yeah. you. Bless you, man. Bless you. Uh, I mean, with that journey, because I know it's a tough journey, uh, how did you keep yourself motivated when it came to the, because theatre is a whole different level of acting because you're out there, you're doing this live. Did that really embrace your encouragement in, in, in that industry that I can do this? Um, That's a good question. It, it, don't get me wrong. There is a, there is an element of fight or flight with theatre. And, and hmm. ultimately, if you're going to, if you're doing there, you have to, you have to always choose fight because if you choose yeah. flight, then you look like an idiot on stage. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, um, it, it did help. But at the same time, when you love something, like you really, really love something, that kind of pushes you through, even through any kind of discomfort that you may have. Mm. So yeah, I wasn't really... I don't know if I'd say it was theatres specifically don't get me wrong the purity of the i'm gonna sound really wanky at the moment but it's like no, no, the go purity for it. Of, <laughs> but the purity of the art form you're right it's just you with the audience and the words yeah. that are coming out and it is a it is a theater is a hundred percent or can be um uh an actor's medium because literally mm-hmm. you and them and so it does teach you things because you are learning about the craft in a different way where in a different way than when you're working on a film or a tv show um so yeah it it kind of i don't know if it helps you build confidence but it maybe it does actually maybe you're right because you learn more about how to delve into things and you learn more about performance and you have more time with characters and to play and to explore when sometimes you don't with, well, oftentimes you don't with um, film and TV. You got to hit the ground running with it. Oh, okay. Interesting, interesting. So we, we're going to jump into Waterloo Road right now and you, okay. you play a character called Lyndon. And what was your process into getting into something like that because before we jumped on this it was like I want to tell you my geeky side so like yeah how did yeah, how yeah. did you how did how did you kind of put 
that role into the your process basically the funny thing is like a lot of the time when it's gonna make me sound crazy but like a, a lot of the time when there's a role that kind of just speaks to me I usually like hear or I usually hear the character's voice mm -hmm. and um or I visualize them Mm -hmm. So Lyndon in the in the breakdown was presented as a particular kind of thing. And actually some of the stuff he in the breakdown was actually contradictory to itself. You okay. know, Jay-Z has a line about I'm a walking contradiction. And <laughs> Lyndon felt like that a little bit in a breakdown. So I was like, this is interesting. And because they try and give you as much information as possible mm. um, to really inform your version of the character when you do an audition that um i was just like okay i can use that i can use this i can use that i can use this and so i just gave my take on it but it wasn't until i got the role that i was afforded the opportunity to yeah. really dig deep and figure out okay so who is this guy who is this guy because obviously when you're doing you can invest uh, you can only invest a certain amount of time literally when you have an audition to do because you literally have to do the tape no, yeah. get the lines learn them do the tape and send it in in the next couple of days um sometimes in the same day depending on uh the production okay so you don't have time you just have to make your choices again but once i got the role uh, i'm a bit reticent to say it because i haven't said it to anybody <laughs> And now I'm saying it on a podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, the exclusives. I'm getting the exclusives here. Guys. You are getting the exclusives. <laughs> I'm saying it's like there's certain things that I'm not going to say on BBC Breakfast, but I'm going to say here. Um, yeah, bro, yeah, it's I'll a free platform. It is a free platform. Just, and that's okay, the great cool, thing cool, about cool. it. So there's, there's no oh, harm I, in okay. it. Sorry, so I'm kind of talking over you. I'm sorry. No, no, it's all right. It's okay. Go for it, dude. Yeah, so... Um, Initially, when I when I read it, I was like, okay, so he's so Lyndon King is the is the deputy head of uh, the school, and he has a certain way about him, and da da da. And, and in the breakdown, he was always a slick one, you know what mm. I mean? Like he was always he was always that guy. Um, so I was like, yo, man, and I I tend to go towards the darker things in my personal tastes when it comes to uh, fictional narratives. Mm. Um, so I was like, yo, man, maybe he's like school Luther. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like high school Luther. <laughs> and I played around with that for a bit. And then as I started doing it and really looking, and then when I came out myself a little bit or went beyond yeah. Linden, I was, and this isn't spoilers for the show, but like I play one half of the deputy head team. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's Lyndon King and there's Joe Casey, who who is um played by the excellent and hilarious and just lovely human being that is James Baxter. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously the head teacher is the absolute titan that is Angela Griffin. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, hmm. And Lyndon's very strict and very direct mm -hmm. and no nonsense, but he's the kind of guy you want in your corner when your back's against the wall, because he will give it to you straight and he mm -hmm. will get the, he will get things done. And I was like, hmm. And Joe, the other deputy head, is more pastoral. He's more caring. He's more he's more kind of 
not affectionate. He's yeah, he's more open with his emotions, and he just mm-hmm. they just have very two very different styles of doing things. And I was like, hmm. And Kim Campbell, when you met her in the old series, she was very much like Joe Casey because they both have both have a pastoral um, background. Yeah. But in order for her to be the head of the school, she needs to be a mixture of them both. So she needs to be strict and get mm. the job done and all the rest of that. But she still has that pastoral background because and she cares about the people. So I was like, they're the DC Trinity. <laughs> That's exactly who they are in my head. Brilliant. I was like, I was like and this isn't me being arrogant because and yeah. I know people are gonna get in the comments and be, oh, he thinks he's Batman up. So I don't care. This is how I approach a character. And when yeah, you yeah. see it, I really believe you're gonna see that in the first couple of episodes. Yeah. So Joe is Superman because he's all about hope and just real, you know what I mean? He, he's a real, he really cares and wears his heart on his sleep and all the rest of that. Lyndon is Batman because he doesn't really care if he's liked. He'll mm. just get the job done. Done, yeah. But ultimately, he does care about people, but he does it in a very rigid kind of like methodical way mm. of doing it. And Kim is Wonder Woman. She's Diana because she's the best of both of them. Mm. Like I personally, like people want to come at me. I don't care. Wonder Woman is the perfect, is, is almost like, Literally, she has all the things that Batman has, and mm-hmm. she has all the things that, that Superman has, but she merged it together in this thing. Like, she is a warrior, and she will fight, and she can be strategic, and she she can be, we've seen in some comics, like, cold. Yeah. Like, she'll take, yeah. take, she'll take people out. Yeah. But at the same time, she has that warmth and compassion for people. And so that's what Kim was. And so in my head, I was like, they're the DC Trinity. And when you see Lyndon in, with the other teachers... I thought of the Justice League animated show. Yeah, yeah. Because that's who he is. He's Bruce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. His, that's the, the role that Bruce plays in those cartoons Yeah, with all the different personalities and all the rest of that. That's the role that Lyndon plays in the show. And it's just like, and as I kind of got to opportunities to soften Lyndon a bit more, I was like, okay, so Lyndon is a guy from... Uh, he's from Northwest London. He's he's from Ends. You know what I mean. He's mm. from Harsden. He was born on the Stonebridge Estate. You know what I mean. He lives in Manchester now, and all these kind of things. And I was like, so he's a, he's a guy who is in a certain situation now, where he has a certain level of authority, and he has to be a certain way. So he has to code switch to to be that. Yeah. But he's still a man from a certain place. So I was like. Maybe we can bring in a little bit of Luke Cage in there. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, because he's cool, yeah, streetwise, but he's no nonsense. But then he's still yeah. Lyndon's a lot of different things. But that's so yeah, you're getting exclusive. That's my so if you mix, if you mix uh Batman from the Justice League cartoons and Luke Cage, I think that's who you're going to meet when you see Lyndon King. That's interesting, dude. That you. Uh took that aspect into that because that's uh it's amazing because you know I I take in comic book law into my everyday life because of the situations that we have and you know you always refer back to how would he do this and how would mm. she do this and yeah. and and yeah. it's amazing that you you put that concept together because you know you don't really hear that from many people and hearing that what their inspirations were for the roles that they play you know mm. not many people would say you know 
I would I would have inspiration from characters that I've read in the comic books I've seen on TV and things like that. So that's that's an amazing yeah. process, dude. Absolutely amazing. I mean, I mean, yeah. Sorry, go on, go on. Yeah, it's just it's a great process. I think it's 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 it's, it's a likable thing. It's uh, I mean, for me being in that part of the industry as well, it's just uh, it's nice to hear that. Definitely nice to hear that. Yeah, no, I hear, that's what I'm saying. Like again, it's not. I don't. I, I chose this podcast to say that in mm. uh, on. I should say. Yeah. I, I chose this podcast to, to to say this because I know that the people tuning in would appreciate that. Like mm. again, I'm not gonna go on this morning. And they'd say that because they'll look at me <laughs> like you mad. But you, but as an actor, you draw in, you draw inspiration from wherever you can draw inspiration. Especially yeah. like, I mean, I got the role on a Friday, and I was in Manchester workshopping certain scenes on the Tuesday. So I really didn't have a lot of yeah. time. So I, and, and when you draw on things, you draw on your own experiences, and you draw mm-hmm. on the things that kind of make sense to you, and. Don't get me wrong, my inspiration for Lyndon didn't stop there. Mm-hmm. But that was the kind of, that was the starting point for me. It's a foundation, isn't it? It's like, it's building blocks. Uh, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. amazing to hear that because like, because in, in, a, in, a, in a, in like kind of being an actor and, and playing different roles and, you know, getting to experience life in different ways, I would say, mm. because you're 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 actually going outside the box when you when you're performing. It's not. It's 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 it's. I find it really hard to say how could I do this, but in that perspective. Mm. But you can kind of elevate your skills to do something like that. Yeah, I think as long as it's grounded in some sort of truth, I yeah. think you can pretty much do anything mm-hmm. do you know what i'm saying like i really i really believe that like one of the things that i have realized doing this show oh hold on a second something's yes, happening and i need to I, you know i should have done i should have uh oh. uh hold on guys you'll be right back Hopefully, it will jump right back in, guys. Oh, man. Um, Vincent is back. Yep, I'm back. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, guys. Just, it's just all right. For a bit of clarity, um, <laughs> this is a little bit last minute, so I'm on my phone. And someone's calling me, and I didn't put it on Do Not Disturb. And so, yeah, that's my. You know what? I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna eight mile myself. Because I'm not going to act like I'm the <laughs> slickest guy, okay? <laughs> Things like this happen in the real exactly. world. Exactly. It sorry. does. It does. It does. It does. No doubt about it. I think what uh, I had a... So I was doing an interview, like a roundtable interview with Matt Reeves, director of The Batman. Yes, I'm aware and, of uh, Matt Reeves' work. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, it was hilarious. It was like I'm I'm already like I've only been doing I've been doing the podcast for eight years and it's built up a lot of confidence to from from a guy who never used to speak out that way and all he did was artwork to speak it to people on an everyday basis. Uh, it helped me and my brother come out of our dyslexia and 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 our stutters and it was an amazing process to do that. So and Warner Brothers gave me the opportunity to jump on this round table, ask a couple of questions. And in the middle of me, you know, 
geeking out with him because he's amazing. He he'll give you the most amazing like answers in the world, and he takes forever. So you're like, I've got so much time with him. It's brilliant. But my yeah. daughter, bless her sweet soul, uh, I couldn't find anybody to look after her, so I was like, I'm gonna multitask this. My daughter decided to come halfway through the interview, and I've got this little piano for her, and she brings the piano into the room, sets up her desk, her uh, uh, chair. And just goes for it, dude. Really? <laughs> she goes for it. And I'm like staring at Matt Reeves like, oh, my God, please don't cut me off. Don't cut me off. It was on a Zoom call. And yeah. he was like, just, is that your daughter? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you multitasking? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, man, I rate you, man. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> I was like telling my daughter, I was like, oh, like trying to wave her away. And it was like, just leave her. She's fine. It's perfect. Don't worry. You're a dad. You can yeah, be excused, yeah, yeah. bless. Uh, so amazing experience, but I've had loads of things where I've never pressed record on on the podcast and having yeah, to ask yeah. a guest to to jump back on again. But then you're like, is it going to be the same vibe as it was before? Now mm. I double record everything. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I double okay, record everything because sense. I just don't want to make that mistake and and, and getting getting somebody to come on again. And I can understand life is busy; it's hard to get people on, but. I think yeah, after yeah, yeah. you get somebody on the first time, it's hard to get that same vibe the second time around. So I'd be like, you know yeah, what, yeah, let's try and do it a month later. Don't worry about doing yeah, it yeah. tomorrow. And if let's do it a month later. Uh, yeah. Vincent, so you've got a great catalogue of work that you've done. And you've actually done, I, I was like Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. What was that like on set, bro? That was, um, I was, okay, so it was great. First and mm. foremost. Um, also, that anyone who's watching this is going to be like, where's he looking? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know where I'm looking. I don't know if I look in camera, I look at you, look at me. I don't know. So I'm, my <laughs> eyes are all going to be all over the place. So whatever. It's all right. It's, it's, gonna all right. Be, it's going to be what it's going to be, guys. Mm. Um, yeah, so Wonder Woman 1984. It was great. Um, I got to work with Patty Jenkins, and she's mm. wonderful. Um yeah, just such a, oh, such a lovely human being. Um, but my my scene was quite interstellar. Do you know what I mean? It was quite like yeah. it was just me and two other actors and Patty and the crew, and it was all it was all quite small and contained. That we were on, we were at like Warner Brothers in um, in Livingston. Is it Livingston? Is that yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So we were on we were on like a, a sound stage there, and we were in like this little made like bunker thing and then you know when you come out of it when you come out of the room that we were filming in there's like all these other sets and stuff and it was wonderful it was it was really nice like not not no pun intended um <laughs> like i i was when i got the call i was gassed man i was really really happy because um i've been up for okay i'm gonna give you insight into actor's life so i'd been up for a few other roles in uh, some blockbusters, uh, literally within the space of four months, I went up for about, I went up for a few things. Yeah. And I was talking to my mate about it and I was like, I was, and I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. Sorry, and I was like, man, huh? yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Um, and so I was like, <sighs> I was like, man, playing the numbers game, something's gotta happen. But then in the back of my head, I was like, I really, excuse me, I really, really want it to be Wonder Woman, the thing that I get. Because again, 
Uh, I'm a comic book fan. I'm I'm a by when when we talk about like me reading comics, I'm a DC fan. Do you know what I mean? Like I read more DC comics um, than I than I read Marvel comics. Like in Marvel, I'm very specific about the comics I read, and that's not because they're bad. It's just that I think that in live action or in cartoons, there's certain characters that I love. Like I'll give you an example. Like I love even the film, even though the films aren't great. Um, I've always enjoyed watching the Fantastic Four on screen, whether it's cartoons, like whether it's the old cartoons or like the 90s ones, or um, even though the films weren't amazing, um, th- all of the films, even even to some, I even I even took some stuff from the jo- Josh Trank one. I was mm. like, oh, that could have been a good movie if you didn't see the Blades in the Studio Interference. I'm not saying yeah. anything that people don't already think. So it's like, mm. you know, it's just, um, but then on the page, the only time I've ever got into Fantastic Four, and this is not a diss on Fantastic Four, maybe I shouldn't say this, um, go for it, go like, it's fine. It was when was when they did the ultimate Fantastic Four and mm-hmm. that um that mini series that Grant Morrison did. I think it was it like was it where where basically in each issue you follow a member of the Fantastic Four. Um oh, what was, what was and it and it was it like Jay Lee did the art for it. Let me double check, man. Jay Lee. Yeah, it's that. Anyway, I think so, it's. Yeah, I can't remember what it was called, but I I remember that. I, oh, the reason why I remember that is not just because Jay Jay Lee. I think I say his name. Say his name. Jay Lee. Yeah, Jay, yeah, that's whatever. right. Yeah, correct. You're right. Yeah. So his art is amazing for one, hmm. and two, it was I think the first comic that introduced the concept that Reed Richards might have a a, a level of autism. Mm-hmm. I think Grant Morrison was the first person, like, I may be wrong, um, but I think Grant Morrison was the first person to, to introduce that. And I was like, that's fascinating. But then also there was there was the image that comes up a lot recently, because of Wakanda Forever, mm. of um, Namor seducing Sue Storm. And I was like, <laughs> Namor's a bad boy. Actually, he's a G, bro. He's a G. Because he was yeah, always you know on what? it. He was always on it. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what? I realised what... As far as the two comics that I liked, what the connective tissue was, yeah, and it was Namor. Yeah, that's so strange because <laughs> in the Ultimate comics, mm-hmm. he was supposed like he wasn't Mayan or no. uh, Mesoamerican like he is in 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 Wakanda Forever, but he was like Atlantis was like a sunken ancient Egypt or something like that. That's right, and yeah, I remember that's them what they were doing with. that. I remember them doing that and thinking to myself, that is smart. And so mm. when Momoa was cast as Aquaman, I was like, oh my God, please delve into the fact that he's half Hawaiian. Do you know what I mean? And they did. And obviously with Wakanda Forever, they did the thing where, it, you know, they they are, you know, relatives or ancestors of the, of the, of the Mayans. And I always think that's, that's right. good when you have cultural kind of... Uh, impetus to anyway I've gone, to, gone totally no 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 it's, it's it's fine because like I had this conversation recently where you know it, it, it makes people go google it straight away they they want to learn more about that culture they want to they want to know about that history because if we're the, the the society we live in now if we're not told or kind of held by the hand and guided a little bit 
we mm. we, we kind of go astray we we don't really look into things like that i mean mm. even for me growing up in the uk i mean born and raised in tottenham you know my dad didn't tell me much about what my granddad went through in the second world war as a soldier mm. in burma you know i wish he told me more but my granddad by then had already passed and i was young mm. and you know to hear the stories about ptsd and what he did for us and the rest of it and then being invited over to the country and then dad doing his thing like i didn't really know much about my own culture man and i was tr- i was trying to learn about what everybody else were growing up in a multicultural kind of yeah, some, city yeah. so it's only later on after like my mid-20s i was like man i need to know more about where granddad came from and what he did mm. for us and you know need to learn you, you end up picking it up yourself and i feel like we have these yeah. platforms that we can share our thoughts on and then you have the movies which can pass on history as well. I know some of it is not 100%, but yeah, if it allows yeah. me to go Google more about that culture, and, yeah. you know, that's 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 job done, man. I think Ryan Coogler yeah. did amazing on that because... Right. Even oh, though- God, Ryan Coogler is... Uh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's great. He's awesome, man. Like, it's funny. I know... I'll get back to the question in a second, but um, it's funny. I was watching... I was watching Wakanda forever and I came out of it and I was like, I don't think I want to play a hero. Mm. I don't think I want to play a hero. Like, cause everyone, uh, you know, this uh, people are going to ask like, Oh, if you could play any superhero, who would you play? Like, you know, and then, you know, there's, you can say stuff like, Oh, I played John Stewart Green Lantern or I play, I play Blade or I play Luke Cage. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. You kind of, you kind of play the game. And I see a lot of people playing the game and being like, I'd love to be in a Marvel thing. And then, you know, and then comic book movies.com says, Oh, this, this, uh, this actor <laughs> says they want to do a Marvel film. And it's like every actor wants to do a Marvel film at this point. Yeah. And so it's not really, it's not really news. No disrespect to comic movie.com. No, 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 no. Of course, um, of course. Even though I do have thoughts on some of the journalism on that. But hey. Oh, man. That's we a whole different thing. <laughs> we can edit that out. Um, anyway, yes. Um, so, yeah, and I was just, I walked out of, Wakanda forever and I was like man I don't know if I want to play a hero and I was thinking about it and I was like I don't know why and I'm not saying I'm okay one I don't think I'm tall enough two I don't think I have the right build for it but I was I remember watching is it Greenland and First Flight animated yeah, film that's right, yeah, yeah and then I remember watching that and being like Oh, Sinestro's a bad motherfucker. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear on your podcast. <laughs> no, no, of course, of course, you can. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I was like, ah, oh, Sinestro, bad. Yeah, mm. he's yeah, he's dope. And you know what? The moment it was, I'm gonna do a really bad impression of that wonderful voice actor whose name I do not know. <laughs> you know when Sinestro goes like he just goes rogue, and the Guardians um are trying to like they're trying to like get him in check. Yeah, and he does the thing with the ring. And he's like, shut your mouth, you stupid little toad. I was like. (laughs) That's a good scene. It is definitely a good scene. You're a bad man. You're a bad man. I think what they've done in in like comic book genre in general as well. And and I'm the same as you, bro. I I love DC comics. I I think they're they're better written than the Marvel ones. The Marvel ones are really mainstream. And there's only a specific, you know, like House of M and 
uh, X-Men mm. Genesis, like some of the classic stuff I love. But, mm. you know, I've, oh, at heart, it's always been, I think DC have better grounded comics and greeter and they, <laughs> they touch on mental health and they, they go through yeah. a lot more. I think, you know, I, Batman, I, yeah. yeah, with his characters and his rogues gallery, just, you know, who... Who wouldn't want to play a villain? You know, I love the Joker. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I would play the Joker. You know, but there's elements yeah, no, that, that we can kind of get with. It's got to be, yeah, it's got to be the right one though. And as I said, I don't know why, man. Ever since then, I was just like, yeah, Sinestro had my had my attention because it's like he's. It's interesting because when I was watching Black Adam, I was like, okay, this is kind of like this is kind of like Sinestro's story in a way. Because Sinestro's people were, insla- were, were like, they're tyrant, and they were, you know, I mean, he kind of, Sinestro kind of took the Darth Vader route where, you know, mm-hmm. you know, they had that scene in episode two where Padme and, and Anakin, and I'm not even mm. a Star Wars fan, but I've watched all the films <laughs> in the hope that I would be a Star Wars fan and it just never, it never got into my soul. <laughs> um, but there's that scene in episode two where Padme and Anakin are talking of politics. Yeah. And he's explaining how to keep the galaxy safe. And she's like, you're talking about a dictatorship. Yeah. And it made me think about that. It's like, that's really, that's really interesting. Because you think about people, you think about villains like Thanos. You think about Killmonger. You think about Namor. You think about all these kind of things. And they do have... They have their points. I'm not saying I agree wholeheartedly with them, but they have their points. My dad agreed with Thanos, bro. My dad agreed with Thanos. (laughs) You know what? But the Russo (laughs) brothers did a good enough job. Yeah. I don't, sorry, I don't know who wrote the script. I don't think they did, so I can't give the Russo brothers credit. But in Endgame, there's that scene where they, you know, they're all sitting, the Avengers that are left, it's all sitting around the table and whoever's on a hologram and all the rest of that. And they're like, there's dolphins swimming in the Hudson now. The Hudson River has become less polluted because of, because of there's less people yeah. that dolphins are now swimming in the Hudson. And I always remembered that, and I was like, "That's a really smart line, and that really does bring a different argument to things." And again, I'm not saying Thanos was right. I'm just saying. There's, there's a point to it. There is, a, there's there's, a there, there is, there is, there is, there is, there is, yeah. there is. It's, it's important because you know their 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 decisions are valid. I mean, Killmonger in in, in Black Panther, he, mm. I really felt for him, bro, because it's true. Mm. I really, I really felt for him. I agreed with, I I agreed with Killmonger. It's, uh, everybody would say, "Kibs, you bad man." I'm not because he had a valid yeah. point. He has a he valid a point. point. Yeah. I, to be honest with you, like I like like I loved what Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Coogler um, did with Killmonger. Mm-hmm. I I wish that he, he like spoilers for a really old story. I wish that he wasn't dead. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean I don't know. I, they brought him back. I don't know. But I wish he wasn't dead in Marvel Comics so they could kind of do a bit more with him. But the thing that I really dug about that performance well there's lots of things i really dug about it but his point of when they're in the throne room when when wakabi brings him in mm. and T'Challa's sitting on the throne and everyone's around and they're like who are you who's this so on and so forth and then um 
he's like, you know, I am, you know, I'm. Is it Najaka? Some son of no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no boo, I think, I think, I can't remember. Yeah, I yeah. Can't, my my pronunciation for Wakanda names other than the the, the ones I'll put in it all the time are bad. Like anyway, um, so. But then he has the he has the thing with 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 the child where he's like, when you know, I mean, when our people were enslaved, where was Wakanda? Do you know what I'm saying? And it's a real thing because when you think about that, it's like if you are talking about this this city on a hill, advanced technology, so on and so forth, and they're seeing that level of atrocity on their own ground, and they're just like, we're not going to do nothing. This is why people, for me, it's very difficult to say that Killmonger wasn't right because Killmonger yeah. literally changed the course of T'Challa's trajectory in that film. No, he did. T'Challa did. wouldn't have he done did. what he did if Killmonger didn't come along and bring that the opposition to his thoughts. He never would have come out to the UN. He never would have done any of those things to the point where even when he took the heart shape of Irvin, he went to the ancestral plane, he had it out with his father. And he's like, you were wrong. You were wrong because mm. we, as a, as a, we as a powerful nation have a responsibility to do something for people who can't do it for themselves. Do you know what I mean? No, so anyway. Exactly. The best thing about jumping uh, on a podcast and, and, and just getting to, it goes off topic, but then it's just, I feel okay. like it's more of a natural conversation because it yeah. flows. Uh, yeah. I've, I've listened to podcasts and I've seen podcasts where it's really like question here, answer there. It's really, it gets awkward and it's like, oh, I, I never wanted that for the podcast. I, I really yeah, wanted yeah. to, uh, to be natural. And if, and if, if the guest feels comfortable to just go for it, then, yeah, yeah. you know, that's, that's the job done really. Because when the listeners listen in, they're like, you know, the reason why I connected to that episode was because, you know, the, the person went, went, went into it. Like, like, you know, we, we lost, uh, my brother's a martial artist. He lives in, he just currently moved to Dubai now. He was in Singapore and Hong Kong. He's a, like an amateur MMA fighter, a big Bruce Lee fan, mm. but really disciplined in, in, in what, what he does. Uh, and he's a bit, bit, big advocate when it comes to like, you know, mental, men's mental health and things like that. Mm. So mm. With, with losing Jason David Frank last week and we lost mm. Kevin Conray the week before, yeah. like, it, it it got to him because he he was the era he grew up in was the Power Rangers era where I was I was I was a bit older I still watched it with them, but how much it meant to him and he just went on like you know bless him, you know it's probably one of my best episodes because it connected to a lot of people because mm. you know the the guy played a a, a huge part of a, a lot of people that were that felt like the outsider trying to belong somewhere yeah yeah, yeah that's true that was that was Tommy that was Tommy yeah, yeah it was Tommy and. It was just amazing, uh, absolutely amazing. So no, dude, don't 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 ever say sorry for being passionate about a character or what you do, man. I, I always encourage yeah. it. Yeah, I do feel like I need to go back and speak about one woman real quick. Yeah, yeah, go for it. For my experience on it, as I, as I said, um, Patty was lovely, and mm -hmm. I managed to pick her brains about things. And I was like, "What was your? What was like? What did you read in the comments?" And she was like, "Yeah, yeah." And so I was like, "What did you? What's?" And this isn't new news because she's. I think she said it in. Um, she said it in recent. No, she said it in interviews that mm. um, you know, she loves the George Perez era. She that was she took a lot of influence from the George Perez era, which you, which you probably see in the movies. But um, yeah, yeah, definitely. it was it was. You know, I'm I like 
again, because I'm a DC fan, it was just great to be on the Warner Brothers lot working on a on a DC movie. Um, and it's just, yeah, it was it was just like, oh, okay, this is cool, but like, I didn't have. It wasn't like working on Transformers hmm. for many reasons, but like. So I did it. So it, the year I did Transformers, a few like a few months before I did Transformers, I did a uh, a, a web mini series called The View, hmm. which was I don't know if you've seen that. Um, I don't know if it's even available online anymore. But um, it was basically about like superpowered people in London, uh, you know, um, people doing tests and so on and so forth, and you know, kind of kind of like. Kind of like heroes in a way, mm -hmm. but very kind of grounded and you know, London based. And so we did that in the summer, and then around September, no, we did that in the spring, and then in September I got cast in Transformers. And doing the job was pretty much it felt the same. Like I was yeah. still in clothes that weren't mine, saying words that weren't my thoughts, and you know, you know, still doing stuff like that and running around. And, all that kind of stuff. But with being on a set like Transformers, it was just kind of like, I remember just looking up at the lights and being like, oh, wow, they're really big. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I was that was the thing that got me. And it's like, there's been times on Waterley Road where we've had to have similar lights. Yeah. And I always just look at them. And I always remember that moment of just being like, it's the most random thing because you've got to understand, I'm a Will Smith fan. I grew up loving Will Smith, but I want to be Will, be Will Smith. So I was on set about to be directed by the guy who made Bad Boys. Like, sick. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's a geek out moment, definitely. I was uh, like, yo. But again, as much as it was a geek out moment, it was the lights. I was just like, wow, that's really, those are, those are really, weird. really big. And even, that's the thing, even like, I was like, oh, Bumblebee's over there. It's a car. I'm not saying hello to the car, but like, it's Bumblebee. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> And Wahlberg's over there. And I'm like, okay, it's my Wahlberg. What's up, man? What are you doing? And I'm like, this is cool. But again, there was something, there was a bit of wonderment just be standing still and just being yeah. on a set like that and just being like, it's amazing. But ultimately, it's not that different from doing a really like low budget web series. It's just, it's the work. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, so, amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I've had my, uh, I wouldn't even say 30 seconds. It's like a, I've done some extra work back in the days. Yeah. Uh, I did a, I was actually production manager on a small uh, kind of, I would, I would it call, yeah, I'd call it a dark comedy that I worked on coming on 10 years ago, I think. Mm. And basically one of the actors didn't turn up and, the director who's who who wrote the story was like Kibbs, you're the only guy with a beard here. <laughs> Can you jump on and play this guy? And I was like, oh, I love it, man. You got me wearing an eye patch and shit. <laughs> and I have to play this really angry sort of Punjabi dude. And I was like, oh man, looking like like the the Indian Nick Fury here, man. What's going on, yeah, bro? Why, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, um, uh, and it was called Bubble Bless him. Uh, that ended up you know, playing at the Rain Dance Film Festival and he won a couple of awards for it. It's nice. it's it's one of my pride and joys of getting like three seconds on the big screen playing this angry Indian 
Nick Fury with an eye patch. It was hilarious, but it's a great memory. But then there was one other film that I did, which I got like, uh, you know what? I need to find it now. It's called Legacy. And I play, I play a guy in a restaurant washing dishes with, hold up, what's the actor's name again? Legacy. He was in Attack of the Blocks, not John Boyega. Oh, I know the brother you talk about. Was he was he Firestorm? This was yes, 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 Firestorm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so so bad. I can't remember the brother's name. I'm so oh man, I don't know him, but so like I'm sorry, bro. I'm really yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. gone right out my head as well. Yeah, and I remember playing that scene with him, and we were in Pine Studios, Twin Pine Studios. No, not Twin Pine Studios. You know what I'm talking about. Pinewood Pine Studios, yeah, Pinewood Pine Studios, yeah, and we were using their the cafeteria area, and uh, I got my little, again, another three seconds on the screen, but it's uh, yeah. even doing that as an extra and listening to them screaming, you know, action, cut, and get get back to positions, oh, you know, hair and makeup, and I was like, uh, I've never done this before. Anyway, let's go for it. Uh, and to be in three seconds of a movie, like it's one of my greatest moments, man. It's like yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. But getting to, as you were saying, it was those little things that you look around and you're like, shit, wow, the lights. Mm. It mm. plays a key part of what what you what you were doing at the time. It's it's living in that moment, which is absolutely but, amazing. But that's something I still try and do. Like for instance, I've got like the Waterloo Road premiere tonight. Yeah, do you know cool. what I mean? Like I, actually, just to plug two things that I'm in. I mean, I the, the guys that I made The Few with, yeah. uh, we did a film last year um, called The Payday, and The Payday is having its London premiere tonight as well, but I'm in Manchester, so I can't <laughs> be in two places at the same time, so I'm, I, get, I have to miss that one. Um, but, like, whether it is The Payday, hmm. uh, which comes out December, December 5th, uh, on uh, digital release, so digital platforms like wherever awesome. you, wherever you buy movies uh, online, December fifth, um, the payday. Awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so whether it's the payday, which was a very like um, independent, hmm. uh, like low budget kind of situation where we all just kind of got it done, um, or it's like Transformers or Wonder Woman or even Waterloo Road, it's nice. To, it, you, I think being present and just being like, oh, okay. Like, I've tried to, when I got up this morning, I knew all the things I had to do. Like, after we have finished this conversation, I need to get ready because I'm going to have to go and do press for Waterloo mm-hmm. Road. That's right. And then we're doing, like, the red carpet, and then we're going to do press on the red carpet, and then we're going to go in and watch the first episode and stuff. And, you know what I mean? I've seen the first episode already. Um and it's it's really good. Anyway, um, but like I can't wait, man. It, bro, it's really like in the in the words of uh, of um, oh my god, what's Frank Lucas from mm-hmm. uh, American Gangster? He was a real guy, but the, the mm-hmm. way Denzel played him is like I stand by it. I stand by it. It's really what we're doing in Waterloo Road is really good, really good. Um, anyway. With all the things that's happening and all these kind of, it's just like, I'm just trying to take moments and just breathe it in and just be like, cool, cool, let's go. This is, this is really cool. This is really fun. And um, yeah, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it, man. It's really important to remember that, you know, not to sound cliche, but like life is precious and 
I feel like I'm in a very fortunate position. And don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, sometimes I have bad days. And, you know, you don't feel as, you know, bulletproof as you'd like, but mm. it's, a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a really exciting time, you know. So man, you were right. It's amazing, man. Amazing. You should be proud, bro. You should be proud. I'm, I'm excited to watch the first episode myself. Uh, you're going to have a great night. That's amazing. But I mean, everybody has their bad days, man. We have our, we have our low days. We, we have our high days. Yeah. You know, 100%. yesterday was a, a Monday for me. It's one of my hard days, one of my hard days, but like, you know, yeah. at the end of it, when I come home and see the family, I, I know why I'm doing it. I mean, everybody has their mm-hmm. own motivations. Uh, I mean, I'm an advocate for mental health for men, man. So, you know, yeah. we, we just need to talk more often. I think the hardest thing is that, you know, the as we were saying at the beginning of the podcast, you know, the cultural backgrounds we were coming from, you know, how our fathers, our forefathers, our granddads were, the, you know, mm. the, the strictness they had where they didn't really speak about their emotions, but it was like, yeah. it would have been a healing process to hear some of that stuff from them, you know? Yeah, I, I no, I hear you, man, because I have a similar situation in, in my family, but then sometimes I, I, I was lucky because I as I was entering adulthood I had like Mm. an epiphany and I was like and it was after I had a conversation with my dad and I was just like it's not his fault like Mm. he's he doesn't know any other way to be like it's he's not conditioned to he had a certain relationship with his dad Mm. and he and those men of that time like my, my dad it was a loves westerns you know what yeah, I mean? same he same. loves that he loves clint eastwood he loves that stoic <laughs> lone man yeah. in the sunlight stuff he loves that and, that's that all the way man same you know what I mean? exactly yeah. and so, so those re- those representations of men you know don't get me wrong i still i like those things but not in the same way my version of that would be like logan yeah yeah of course. like someone same. who is goes through all that but is a little bit more vulnerable rather mm. than someone who's just not um and it's evolution and, and society was different and what the and the expectations of of men were different then right. and some of those expectations were unrealistic in the same mm. way that expectations of women at that time were unrealistic as well because it That's takes right. it's playing a role um and it's not being human and allowing for human things to happen because like you know that that's what happens to everybody everybody goes through things and everybody feels these emotions so yeah man on on that note so bring it back to the geeky stuff mm-hmm. um because i know someone's going to listen to this and then someone's going to listen to something else i say later down the line they'll be like hold on that doesn't make any sense it's like <laughs> So for the longest time, my favorite superhero was Batman, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons, because mm-hmm. he's Batman. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? like he's, he's just he's just super cool. Uh, yeah. Sorry to steal a, a line from uh, all the Batman films and uh, how it should have ended. But yeah, and then as I got older, I still like. Don't get me wrong. I still, I, I still like Batman. I still, I'm reading the Chip Zdarsky run mm-hmm. at the moment, and I think it's so imaginative what he's doing with it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Chip's going places, and that's the thing with Chip. I'll go there with him. Yeah. Even if I'm like, I don't know where we're going, 
but I'm going to stay with it. <laughs> I'm going to stay with it. Until, <laughs> I'm going to stay with it until we've got to the end and then I'll make my decision and how I feel. Um, but like, yeah, so, so you know, Batman was, was my guy for years and, you know, I love Sean Murphy's stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing, amazing. Oh my amazing. God, I lo- like literally, if I, I, I love the, the Murphy verse because of just his... All the textures and stuff he puts in. Yeah, how yeah, he, of course. How he takes the lore and switches it, and how he—you can tell that he—and he said it himself. He's a fan of the animated series and things like that, and the films, and so he doesn't really know the comics like that, which is interesting mm. for a comic book eyes. But I totally respect it because it brings a fresh pair of eyes. Um, Nate Moore, producer from Marvel, spoke a bit about this recently, where he doesn't he doesn't tend to get filmmakers who are fans of the comics because he needs filmmakers to bring a new fresh respect to source material to exactly. bring a fresh perspective yeah. um, anyway I'm saying all that to say that as I've got older and I, I this is the first time I've spoken about this probably definitely publicly but um, even to some of my friends you know as I mm. got older and I had my own you know, challenges with um, mental health and all the rest of that. I do what I normally do, and I go to the things that I like. You know, when you're, mm-hmm. in a, when you're in a spot, you kind of find, you try and find your happy place, your comfort spot, and so on and so forth. And I found reading really um, mm-hmm. helpful. And so, you know, and I, so I, now I, I still like to read a lot because it kind of, you can get zoned in. But then I went back to comics and, um, I would go through the comics that I had in my collection and I reread Daredevil Born Again. And I was like, oh, okay, this is dope. And I got it. Mm. Like, I got it. Like, and this is, the, and then I think I've always liked Daredevil um, because I grew up in the 90s and I, you know what I mean? I, was a fan of Ninja Turtles, and I didn't realize that the link. connection. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay. So I was like, oh, he's a, he's a blind ninja. This is cool. Um, but so I read, I had read Born Again years before that, and I had it in my collection, obviously. And I and I was like, okay. But then when I was going through that, I read Born Again, and I was like, the strength of that. I personally think, and I don't care, write in the comments, do whatever you're going to do, come at me, whatever you want to do. I don't care. I'm not a fan. Uh, like, I'm, not, I'm sorry, I'm not afraid of uh, um, uh, of any kind of discourse. I don't mm. mind if you think I'm wrong. I don't have to be right about everything. I just know how I feel about things. Yeah. I think that Born Again is possibly... For me... It's probably the greatest superhero story ever told. That's good. It is. I can. I can. I can agree with you. Because I can agree with you. And the reason why it's so amazing, and this is why, the point that I'm trying to make is that I am a hundred percent my favorite superhero is Daredevil. Mm-hmm. He just is. Um, and I know I started with Batman, and the Batman Daredevil are very similar, but it's like a hundred percent Daredevil. And the reason why it's a hundred percent Daredevil is not because of the Netflix show, because I was a fan before that. And, but because the most interesting aspect of Daredevil is Matt Murdock. Mm-hmm. That's you know the, what I mean? Like some people like, yeah. some people like the whole, 
I'm going to get controversial here, but yeah. people are like, you know, Bruce Wayne is the shell, Batman's the real, real person, and some people like Batman more than like Bruce Wayne. Side note, I don't think that's true. Huh. I don't think that's true. I don't think Batman's the real person and Bruce Wayne's the fake. I think the real person is who Bruce is in the cave with Alfred. Mm-hmm. Because that's the guy who can put on the mask and be the beast and be the vengeance and be the knight and be all that stuff. And then Bruce is the other shell. Like he's the, he's the playboy billionaire kind of thing. Mm. But Bruce in the cave is where he can be Bruce Wayne. Is where mm-hmm. he can be a son to Alfred. He can be a father to Damien and a, and a surrogate father to Dick and Jason and yeah, Tim yeah. And, and Cassandra and Steph and all those people. Do you know what I mean? Like those, that's the real, anyway. But my point is that you're going to have to edit the hell out of this, by the way, because I'm rambling like a fool. Um, <laughs> I don't do edits, dude. Um, I don't do oh, Okay, right. I'm joking. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so for me, it's like, it's <laughs> like, yeah, Matt, like Daredevil's hundred percent my favorite character, and then as I started reading more of the character, it's just like, oh, I get it. Yeah, working class kid raised Catholic. Uh, Catholic guilt is real. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, you know, it's just all, all the other things, yeah. all the other things that kind of come with that character, and I was like, yeah. So even though I'm a DC guy and I read more DC comics than I do Marvel, Daredevil is my dude. And I was even having a conversation. Um, I I lent Rob, Rob hmm. Palin, uh, a writer director who directed yeah. me in *The Crime Alley*. Um, I lent him *Born Again*. Yeah. Because I I said to him, "You need to read this book. You need to, like, read, you it. Need yeah. to read it." Um, and the reason why I lent it to him, he doesn't know this, but the reason why I lent it to him is because. We had a conversation about Daredevil and why I like Daredevil and so on and so forth. And it's the resilience that Batman has as well. But at the same time, it's different because what they did in the Netflix show, and because they needed to because it's a visual medium, they showed Matt Murdock being physically like durable like he was able to take hit after hit after hit after hit and keep moving he was like rocky do you know what i mean he mm-hmm. was he was and you see him cut and all the rest of that and they and so because they needed to for that visual medium they made it about his guts and his toughness yeah yeah that's right but when you read the comics the thing that is tough about matt murdoch is his mind, is his brain. That's the thing that makes him the man without fear. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like he, there's this, there's a beautiful little page that um, I think Joe Quesada wrote and drew and Jimmy Palmiati did for Marvel 1000. And he's, and it's, 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 it's Daredevil on a rooftop talking to a guy with a camera. And he's, the guy with the camera before the story starts is telling him about the moniker of the man without fear. Hmm. And he's he's saying how that's funny, and he's like, and then the guy's like, why is that funny? And he basically, in short, is saying the reason why I do what I do, and I'm so careful with how I do things, is because I'm always afraid. And I think as a human, there's something that really resonates to me where it's like, and I and I really came back to it, and this is why I know. He's 100% my favorite comic character because even during the pandemic, there were things that there were so many uncertain things. Mm. And for me, as a comic book fan, 
it was that thing of like, I refuse to choose fear. Mm -hmm. I refuse to choose fear. And don't get me wrong, fear will creep in and it will have its many manifestations. That's right. But to, to, it's not about not feeling fear. It's about overcoming it. And that's why, you know, that's why he is the man without fear because he, he lives with it and he chooses not, he choose for, chooses for it not to be like overwhelm him. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, yeah, I just thought that was dope. So yes, this is another ramble to say that even though I read a lot of DC, uh, Daredevil was my favorite character. For That's amazing, 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 amazing. Listen, it's never ramble, dude. It is never ramble. We see it as great content, inspiring, motivating, you know, hearing your perspective from that character, mm. you know, because most characters will compare Daredevil to Batman and resilience and the rest of it, but sheer willpower, mm. both of them have it, but on different levels. And that's just me coming from my background in comic books. You know, they yeah. both have it in, in a different, in a different manner. And no, nah, amazing. Not get, Absolutely amazing. Not to get too political, just to add another mm. thing as well. And as I, as I got older, and again, I love Batman. I really do. I really do. But even watching the, the Matt Reeves one, and this is not a diss on the on the film. It's just what the. It's just it's the at the core of the character. As a as a working class black man from an inner city, I'm from London, so it's like I kind of as I got older, kind of had a real problem with a rich guy going out and beating up poor people mm -hmm. no I, I can Which, totally agree with you on that one I but, can totally but a agree poor with person you. beating up another poor person that's cool with that because <laughs> that murder because <laughs> that murder is, uh, is, is, is from Hell's Kitchen you know what I mean not, not no, a nice no. bougie Hell's Kitchen no 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 exactly Hell's when it was Hell's Kitchen you know what I mean <laughs> no exactly I mean it's it's really important to see comic books and you know narrative like that coming up because you, you don't get that perspective and people some people won't ever see that you know, I, I, I did a recent podcast with uh, a friend of mine and, and the power of representation uh, mm. with 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 what Black Panther and, and what Wakanda Forever has done. You know, when somebody, you know, somebody comes out of the blue and say, hey, man, Kibbs, you, you're looking like Namor, bro. You know, <laughs> he's Aztec, Mex Mexican, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Bangladeshi descent. It's like I still take that as a compliment because it's a brown person on the screen. So. It's important to share different, I mean, for the podcast anyway, and for the listeners out there, that the, the, the perspectives that you get, whether you, I mean, we don't, I don't do it to offend anybody. It's just a different perspective. Mm. And it's, everybody That's has that. their own say and opinions. I, and to yes. be honest, Vincent, our, our, our comments are always clean and grateful. I'll show you some of the comments that we get on the podcast, which is absolutely okay. amazing. And if people do jump in and I don't have to have a battle, man. Thanks to the no, listeners. Of course, they're, they're, <laughs> people are entitled to their opinion. Like exactly, I don't yeah. That people have an opinion for me uh, about what the things I say, and I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be controversial here. Hmm. Um, I don't mind if people have an opinion, but then yeah, yeah, of at course. The same time, you can't expect me to care about every opinion. Like I just that's just don't like yeah. You know, okay. It's just you know, it's, it is what it is. Like, not everybody is gonna like everything. Like, we're not the same. That's the yeah, that's the main thing. Think, we're all connected. Yeah. We're all connected. We're all connected. Mm. But we're not the same. But we could be civil mm. about it. We could have conversations. Very, yeah, very you know what I mean? And, yes. and that's 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 the that's 
that's what I took from Black Panther, you know. World leaders mm. are looking to kill each other by the throats where, you know, Black Panther work under forever so that, you know what, if I show a bit of mercy, we can make an alliance, we can work together. Yeah, 100%. And and, and, and that is that is really important because ultimately we are just, you know what I mean, we are just kind of just, everybody's trying to coexist and we, people yeah. do have their own little bubbles and all the rest of that. So, yeah, man. But when you're talking about different perspectives and representation, this is why yeah. I did Crime Alley. Yeah. Because... I, I first read Crime Alley as just a script, and I was like, "This is this is beautiful. This is amazing." Yeah. And this is way before there was any kind of um, idea of it being made. It was just a script, mm -hmm. and I was like, "This is lovely." And it showed yeah. a Gotham that we don't see. That's we right. show, you know, what I wanted to. So when Rob did say that he was going to do it, I would, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll happily put myself on tape." Uh, I think I might have got those things mixed up. I think I said, "If you ever make it, I'll." put myself on tape yeah. and then he kind of, and then he kind of decided he was going to make it and then I put myself on tape but um one of the things was that is like you don't see those people of the the people of Gotham like that mm. in a sense you don't see the single father who's down on his luck trying mm. to feed his kid who um who's in who's in the, the worst area of Gotham City the most poverty-stricken, deprived area of Gotham mm. City, where every other week or every other month or literally, like, who knows what the timeline is, there's a terrorist attack on their city, where literally life is being lost all the time in the most horrific ways. Mm. You don't you don't see what toll that takes on people. You don't, you know, do, do people on the level of the father, who's the character I played in the film, do they even register that? Or do they are they just spending their time trying to survive day to day? And it's like, so when when the I read that script, I was like, I I hundred percent want to play that character because mm. I would I care about that guy. Mm. You know what I mean? I I yes, and he makes some really bad decisions. But as we were talking about before in regards to uh, how people are, 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 are raised or the environment mm -hmm. or generational kind of um, patterns or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like when you're, you know, there's studies on it. When you're, when you're, when you're from a certain, from a, from a certain socioeconomical background and you'll see, you look around, you see what your options are. And sometimes, exactly. and the way I saw the father, like me and Rob had a conversation about this, on like when we were filming the film it's like he's this is the, when you see that this is the first time he's ever done anything like this don't mm. get me wrong he may know people that do this mm. kind of thing all the time they may be his family they may be his best friends that's right they may be his next door neighbor but for the father this is the extreme he's gone to because his daughter needs to eat. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? She needs shoes to go to school in. Do you know what I mean? Like, real things. And I don't have kids. So it's like, but I have nieces and nephews. But I, I'm also a human being. And I understand. I'm sorry. I'm also a, a human being from a certain kind of background. And I understand what it's like to not have. No, of course. But then... You know what I mean, and the need for my 
mum and dads, my sister, my mm. cousin, my whoever that needs to provide for yeah. people is is real. So yeah, no, it is. It is. It is. Even I, me becoming a father, I I learned that you know that that I'd do anything for that kid, anything. Yeah. And yeah. hands down, you know, if it comes to a, a difficult position in my lifetime if i have to do something then you know it's choices i know it's bad choices and mm. you know i don't you know advise anybody to go through that we there's always help and there's as is, is, is no there's no there's you know if you don't have an option i suppose it's very mm. difficult when you don't, well, have, you don't an feel to, you have an option yeah exactly you don't feel yeah. you have an option yeah and that's the thing i think sometimes again where we kind of sell ourselves short as human is when we don't have empathy for others, when we're kind mm. of like, well, actually, yes, he should have done this and all this, but actually, but when your back's against the wall, you're not thinking about, sometimes you're exactly. not thinking about you're the not. most logical thing. No. Sometimes you're literally, it's instinctual. Do you know what I mean? That's right. That's right. Exactly that. Yeah. Exactly that. Exactly that. Vincent, I've kept you long enough, dude, and you've got a busy, busy evening ahead of you, man. But uh, just to let the people know, where can they find you, dude? And, you know, He's got a great collection of stuff he's done, guys. So I'll put some, the descriptions down below. But where can we find you on, on the social networks, bro? Uh, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, at Now, I, I've changed it recently, so hopefully I've got okay. this. I've got, right. It's Vincent underscore Jerome underscore. Cool. Or if it's not that, it's Vincent underscore. No, sorry, it's, it's, it's at underscore vincent underscore jerome one of the two man one of the two so anyway guys i'm gonna have it in the description below <laughs> because he changed it recently so i'll put the right one down below but yes. yeah please go Thank follow you. the journey amazing 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 catalog of things that he's doing at the moment more to come as well what what when does waterloo road come out officially okay uh, i can't say the exact date because the okay BBC, coming soon BBC we obviously would jump through this window right now and karate <laughs> chop me in the face. Um, so it's it's going to be January. It's going to okay. be early 2023 cool. and January. Exclusives, guys. I love it. I love it when early I Early 2023 on it. <laughs> and January. Okay, guys. So that's all I'm saying. But if you look at those two sentences, you might be able to figure out a rough, a rough time. There we go. A rough date, even. We got a... So yeah, <laughs> I got a riddle for you guys. Try and work it out, uh, <laughs> dude. Massive, massive. Thank you for for, for coming onto the show, man. Uh, I know it was yeah. last minute, but have a awesome time tonight, man. Congratulations yeah. again on this. And uh, no, honestly, thank you for the time. It's, uh, I'm always grateful for people to, to to jump on and like you know share moments with me. So I'm I'm, I'm really grateful. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. You're 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 always so open and um, and generous of spirit. And and again, the reason why I've been able to ramble like an idiot for as long as I have <laughs> is because is because there's a, you, there's a level of comfort, man. So th no. thank you so much. And and I hope to come back on on the show on the pod. We we do because uh, you have again. actually a, a really good knowledge of some of the books that have come out recently and in the past. So. I think we need to jump into some episodes and pull out some books and kind of do a little deep oh dive because yeah. I think I think I think I've got some ideas, but we'll I'll, what I'll do I'll, I'll drop you a message and we'll go from there. But uh, yeah, man, please do, please do. Then then we can really get into it because yeah, 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 definitely. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I but think I'm, the listeners they... would love that. The listeners would yeah, love man. that. Deep dives, yeah. deep dives is always, always great. But we could pick a book and we just can go. You know what? I think well, I'm gonna do it now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pre-jump this, and I think okay. we jump into Born Again, dude. I think we go do a little panel description, and we, we, yeah, we, okay. we we'll go All through right. the pages I'm gonna, and. I'm, I'm... I'm gonna have to bring. I'm gonna have to bring tissues for that one, boy. <laughs> I love tears, it. I love it. I love boy, it. Tears of tears of sorrow. Tears of tears of lots, man. Like that's yeah. Okay. All awesome. Right. We All do right. that. Um, I see it as a challence. Yes. I awesome. Uh, well, I'll give you a time scale, dude. And but I mean, now, I mean, if I don't get to speak to you, man, listen, man, have a wonderful time tonight. A happy Christmas and an awesome New Year, and then we'll we'll connect definitely.